You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With the pump fake and a one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career. But look at him smiling. We go my man. episode of the long two i am pete rogers he is natty wallach and we are the least efficient fantasy basketball podcast you'll ever hear but we get the job done man i have to say natty these weekly podcasts are hard in the nba because i feel like we're always having to pick between 500 different things to talk about like there was a fucking fight that happened last yeah. week and we're not even really going to touch on it because i mean you your reactions are all well past what the moment yeah, it feels like the telegram, <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, you guys, let's talk about things that happened a trillion years ago because <laughs> you're on the other side of the world. Uh, but, you know, it's also good to digest this stuff. Like, the fight was incredible when it <laughs> happened. Do you Have you seen yet, like, what actively caused it because i know that they were beefing obviously and they've been beefing for a while uh but but it was like when you look at the footage it, it was just like the ball was down at the other side of the court and all of a sudden cat and B just come falling into screen punching the living shit out of each other and cat gets him in a headlock and then we know what happens after that well, I got to say, I think this is a long two confirmation because everyone seems pissed. And we were talking this, the this whole time true. about people being pissed off this year. Like there's been a lot of like contact and like chest bumping and people, you know, like taking offense when they obviously didn't need to. Like the dude just sort of like walked into you and didn't see you. Uh, <laughs> but everyone seems real chippy. And Everyone seems pissed to start this season, and I love it. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, ditto. Be, like I said, like the fight as like that night and the next day is incredible because it's just two huge dudes who fucking hate each other, and it's like wrestling, and it's like hell yeah, man, fucking getting their yeah fight. That's awesome. We both like hockey. Fuck yeah. <laughs> but um, the chokehold is troublesome by yes, Ben Simmons. By Ben Simmons. Wait, wait, wait. Peacemaker Ben Simmons. I mean, yeah. I, mean, uh, I don't want to be Doctor Pete here, but I'll tell you, chokeholding someone is not how you make peace. But I think Ben Simmons and Cat are friends. Um, so, like, I, you know, or are they actually whatever. Maybe, we don't maybe even need to actually. touch on that, really. Yeah. Uh, the thing that I, in retrospect, had a really big problem with was don't poke people in the eyes, man. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, shit happens in a scrum, obviously, but like, uh, I sort of feel like you know if you're poking someone in the eye, like you just really shouldn't do that. It's um, like the uh, it's like an anchorman where they have the the studio <laughs> fights, and it's like nothing above the shoulders. 
Because yeah. that's, that's the moneymaker. That's, you know, that's exactly. you, that's, no one touches the hair. No one touches the face. So just go for the groin <laughs> and go for the neck. Right. Just like me, this is how I make my living <laughs> above the shoulders. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Oh, I'm you? Not, I apologize. Um, but yeah, just, that was a huge deal. And it's between two of the best player, two, two guys who might be on the MVP ballot this year, oh, by the man. way. Yeah. Um, and and you know this is going to play through the the NBA like no other sport creates drama and and but but nurtures it to the fact that this is now going to like continue throughout the rest of the season like they were chippy on Instagram and were like sending all kinds of shit back each, at each other through that and you know that like this is going to come up every single time they play it's the greatest oh, yeah. soap opera in on television right now the NBA welcome to it And it's funny because this feels like such a backlash to the everybody's friends Mm. of the past, like, five to seven years, really. Like, really since the Heatles, I think. Um, And so many olds were like, this sucks. I want people to fight and hate each other and just play for their teams. Meanwhile, like, all of the employees of the NBA, the players like no we're colleagues and we all know each other and we've been playing this game for a while and we all you know play to aau um and now it sort of seems like the uh younger players are doing something else and yeah. it's not even, like dame's always dame lillard has always sort of been this way and maybe it's just because portland but maybe it's just because he's awesome where he's like yo uh, no one respects me and fuck all of you and I'm incredible, but no one knows that because he's out in Portland and he doesn't start fights. Everybody knows that Joel Embiid is chippy and loves being the best center. All other things aside. Right. 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 And if anyone NBA. rivals that, this is what happens. Like Kat yeah, has I mean, had a phenomenal start to the season and Joel's like, Oh, I got to put him in his place. And Kat's like, Oh, fuck you. I'm not going anywhere. I do sort of feel like that's one of the reasons that Anthony Davis doesn't want to go to center is because like, yo, I'm not a target for Embiid yet, but Embiid targets every other talented center. I mean, if you get Embiid's attention, it is kind of a compliment. Like he's, people say that he's in Drummond's head, but the reason that he targets Drum is because he knows how good he is. Like this is a competitor for, uh, Good spin Another, there, Pistons fan. Good spin there. Thank you very much, and drums better than Embiid. <laughs> I know everybody knows that already. Uh, three 20, 20 games in a row. Hasn't been done in a while. Thank Man, you very much. Thank you very much. Also, uh, fights are cool, but as, you know, every grandmother has said for forever, it's fun until somebody loses an eye. And that's totally true. If the fight had resulted in one of them being injured rather than just suspended for two sure. games, then everyone would feel differently. Yeah. You know, like let's say Embiid was out for like an extended period of time, just by happenstance, because when you get in a fight, shit happens. Right. Like everyone would be furious. Right. And uh and the NBA would would certainly be approaching it a lot differently you know what i mean like oh I feel my like god they would this come out with a very, yeah they would come out with a very hard stance and be like you know yeah the suspension would reflect it um and the reason and they that. both got two games is that nobody got hurt right. like let's be right. serious right. so um 
Although I was kind of surprised Simmons didn't get at least a I, game. Like you shouldn't put people well, in a because he's the peacemaker, man. Because somehow the Sixers uh, thought that, that dude, was you crazy. always know. Like fights are fights, but you you know where your hands are. Yeah, and that what was you're not doing. a peacemaker move at Don't all. That was a people. choke out. That was a hundred percent choke out. But um, whatever. On the other hand, they're both friends, and like shit, friends wrestle. Like and sure. and Cat immediately pounded the ground. You know, like tapped out. Yep. Yeah. So. I don't know, but yeah, let's, let's not be olds about it. Everything's fine. Who cares? Everything's fine. But there have been a lot of injuries and suspensions that have gone down in the yeah. last week. Um, and so we're going to take a look at some of the highlights and just kind of reflect on them and talk about kind of the, the fallout from them. We'll start. We already talked last week about the, the warriors coming to a off to a terrible start and now things have just gotten absolutely worse for them it's completely fallen off the rails Steph is out with a broken hand for three months and Draymond's banged up and out for you know a couple days the Warriors dynasty is just crashing before our eyes first of all how NFL does this feel by the way week to week like oh shit yeah now all these teams that were good don't have anybody (laughs) uh the Warriors so the spin on this is that this is a good thing. This is like a late 90s Spurs when the Admiral right. got yep. injured. And it's like, okay, everybody has been playing for a really long time. And they need a rest. And we're not going to bring Draymond back quickly. Um, we're we're punting the season. Yep. And we're going to try to get a high draft pick. And who knows if when that happens. Um, so... I really don't think we'll see Draymond for a while. And this is going to be a Steve Kerr Warriors year. Mm. Like this is going to be about the system. This is going to be about player development. This is going to be about how good the GM is and what trades they can make. Like, I, I, I mean, when Steph went out, that meant that Clay Thompson isn't coming back. Clay Thompson's not coming back this season. Yeah. 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 There's there's no way. And I mean, when Draymond does come back, I feel like they'll be very conservative by which I mean, like he won't play back to backs mm-hmm. and he won't play over 20 minutes a game. And maybe I'm totally wrong because Draymond green is motherfucking Draymond green. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to play every minute. We can still make the playoffs. I don't give a fucking shit. What you think we can still make the playoffs. I believe. And I kind of, if he says that, I mean, same. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> believing that. I'm not believing that. Whatever. Even if Draymond goes super sane, this team is. This team MVP. just doesn't. Does. MVP. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like, but I think that I think that the the '95 Spurs is the perfect analogy, and and a lot of people have made this. We're not the first to to make this connection. Where oh shit, really? Oh <laughs> damn it. So, hate to break it to you, man. Oh, wet weekly podcast, much? dude. <laughs> Jesus, I didn't read anything that said that. Um, but that the this, you know, you should throw in the towel. Not throw in the towel because that's admitting defeat. I guess. What is the better? What's a better throw in the towel? Accept your yo, reality. Throw the garden, man. Ooh. You have all these young players. Ooh. Let's yo give them some like water. That. Give them some minutes. Give them some water. Let's give see some what's minutes. up. Well, so let's talk about that because one of the things that you have expressly talked about uh, on fake teams and in your writing and just in general, it's one of the things to look for in fantasy are good players on bad teams, players that are going to get just a ton of minutes and a ton of usage and on a bad team where they're going to always be trying to score to, you know, stay in a game just because of sheer, you know, wanting to win and sheer willpower. 
this team has got to have some names on here that are worth kind of keeping eyeballs on uh, in terms of fantasy value. Yeah, just like in football and just like in baseball, volume, volume, volume. If you're getting touches and you're getting at-bats, you're going to get stats. So Draymond's out. Let's just assume that the stars are out. Let's just talk about, like, young dudes who might have some value right now. Eric Pascal, their power forward, he has 20-plus points per game in his last four games. He's 15th on the player Raider over the last week. Like, if this guy just gets to play for the rest of the season as the starting power forward in a Steve Kerr offense, I feel like he's going to do pretty well. He is currently under 20% owned. I mean, people are jumping all over this. People are jumping all over the Warriors, and they should. Um, There are a couple of other names, but I'm curious to see what you think. No, I think Eric Paschal is clearly the guy. Uh, Like you said, he's been crazy over the last four. The last two, he's averaging 37 minutes, 29.5 points, 8.5 boards, an assist, and a block. Uh, Like you said, he's 19.5% rostered on ESPN. And he seems to be the guy who's like who's thriving in that or or at least the name that's sticking out you would love to see d'angelo russell do something but he's been also kind of battling with injuries he's been day-to-day yeah um, yeah but i don't I, think we can hate on him yet no no i know and i don't i wouldn't expect him not to do things i kind of think that the warriors if they go full rebuild full uh tending the garden then they're going to like give him a shit ton of usage and a ton of playing time to bump his trade value and then ship him off to, I don't know, the Timberwolves for as much as they can possibly get. Dude. I mean, I don't know if a trade could work with the Lakers, but just the very idea of Dwight and D.A.R. getting back to let's Let us rebuild the (laughs) Lakers teams of old. Oh, (laughs) Hell yes, that's what I want to see. Um, but yeah, this year this year is, I mean, it's sort of funny. Like LeBron got a pass for last year. He got injured, first time in his career, seriously. Mm-hmm. And the Lakers were a catastrophe. And now the Warriors sort of get to do the same thing where it's like, yo, man, injuries happen. Like we had five straight finals. Uh, we're one of the best teams of all time you know, we were healthy for a lot of it. And when we weren't healthy, we lost. And now everybody's hurt or is hurt and in Brooklyn. So why not see what you have? Like, there's nothing else to do, you know, Salvatore Ambulando, like fucking let's solve it by walking. What do you have on your team? Who's actually playing for you? And to University of Michigan, go blue, Wolverines, Glenn Robinson III and Jordan Poole, they're starting for the Golden State Warriors now. Both of them are under 10% owned. Jordan Poole is under 2% owned. Um, Glenn Robinson III, GR3, he's averaging 10-5. He's 62nd over the past week on ESPN's basic player Raider. Jordan Poole, and these are both wing players, he's averaged 12 two and two with two three-pointers made over the last seven days that's basically Dion waiters line from last year and only 35 players are average that last year so these are guys who are going to get volume the golden state warriors are now going to be maybe one of the worst teams in the nba unless draymond comes back and just runs the show 
Uh, and you have to target guys who are getting shots. Like you need to find the guys who are getting water minutes and shots. And the, like, aside from D'Angelo Russell, who else is on this team? Like you need to right. be able to play. And right. these guys are also auditioning for the rest of the league. They're saying like, here I am. This is what I can do with starter minutes. I know next year is going to be different. I mean, it's almost like a, you know, contract year for these guys. Like this is the best chance they're going to get these young dudes. Yeah. And I, and I think that you're also going to get just a general sense. I think that these are all names that you can watch and not have to worry too much about like rushing to add them to your fantasy team. Because like you Stream said, stream the shit out of this team. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Cause these are all guys who are right now, like under 20% owned. I think Eric Pascal is going to clearly get a big spike because he had a huge yeah. national game. But Especially a lot of the, when they announced that Draymond's out longer right, than yeah. right, exactly. So he is someone I would definitely, if you want to, you know, if you had Draymond, or if you want to kind of, if you need help at power forward, he's a name that I would certainly look at. But I think a lot of these guys that you mentioned are names that you kind of keep in the back of your head, and when you need a stream, they're a great option, uh, just because they're going to get the usage and because they're likely going to be always kind of there and available because of the fact that. They're the Warriors and the Warriors now have fallen out of the national spotlight of, you know, being on everyone's mind and they're just going to kind of suck. And just like how you could used to be able to always stream Suns players or you can probably stream Hornets players for the most like you can stream players on bad teams because people just don't think about them as much. And so as long as none of them break out on the national stage, they'll always be available for your team. Yeah, when you're doing this, you should really ignore the ratios like don't really if you're just playing dudes from game to game then the field goal percentage and three-point percentage matters less than the amount of shots that they're averaging like if you know that the offense gives them you know eight plus shots a game then they're worth it even if they're shooting poorly because especially if they're going up against a bad defense you know like Pete but all three of the people that we've talked about have had 20 point games this year. So um, you're getting young, bad players on a bad team and you have to assume that the ratios won't be your friend, but the nights that they are, then you win bigger than you would have otherwise. Exactly. The, another thing to talk about, cause we've now seen a couple suspensions uh, go down for mm -hmm. the same reason. And so a team that was off to a hot start, the the Atlanta Hawks now get kind of smacked. John Collins got suspended Dude. today with Tuesday. One of your boys. One, Damn, one of my super boys. He was on my fantasy mm. team. And now it's is crushing, uh, violating the NBA's anti-drug policy. And we've seen, we this is the third we've seen. Uh, DeAndre Ayton also got a 25-game suspension. Yeah. And it seems like the league's cracking down on this. But uh, but this is a huge blow for both the Hawks, obviously, and for fantasy in general because uh, Collins was having a hell of a start to the season. Oh, he's great. Yeah, he's fantastic. Uh, and he's such a good tandem with Trey. Like, that team revolves around those two. And it sucks that we won't be able to see it for a while. Um I don't really know what to say about the drug policy and the testing. I don't know what these things are. Um, I tend to feel in pro sports that if a doctor prescribes it for you to heal, 
Yeah, I have a hard time finding that that is then in violation to the league or the league needs to kind of maybe reconsider what they have as uh, as on their ban list. Like if it's not hurting you and it's not making you, you know, expand the size of your head like Barry Bot, like if it's not changing your body, it's just helping you heal faster then I don't really know what the moral argument about, like, don't you want them to heal faster and get back? Like, it's their right. job. Right. Like, if a person on the factory line, like, could take a drug that would get them back to work two weeks earlier and it doesn't hurt them, wouldn't you do that? I don't really understand. I, there's some kind of, like, purity thing in sports, some kind of that. It's all over the place. Uh, but it is wild, they lag like at there. least five years behind all of the science. It feels like, and they're also so obscurantist with how they describe the drugs and like what dudes are actually taking. Sure, yeah, and the yeah. whole appeal process is fucked up. Like I, I, I mean. I don't know what these things are. Maybe they're totally harmless. And it's like the CBA, some asshole lawyer who is not a scientist and doesn't really understand. It's like, yeah, well, it could mask this shit. I I don't know. All of this stuff I'm very skeptical of. But rules are rules. It sucks that these guys don't get paid, first of all, and they're going to miss 25 games. Um, The Hawks are in an interesting position because – a lot of people wanted them to make the playoffs, but I don't know that they're expecting it. No, and so, it might not be the worst thing for them yeah. to kind of give them another year to get everything right yeah. before they make that playoff push. Agree. And while John Collins is out, the team is going to have to make some really weird lineup decisions. Uh, like you could just put Jabari Barker in there right now, and he's 13.9% owned, and he's been doing pretty well. Like the, he's don't you dare his, besmirch Jabari Parker because Jabari Parker, uh, I got yeah. him on my fantasy team to now replace John Collins and he's going to do it, baby. 55% okay. from the floor, 39% from three, just added him onto my roster and I'm running with it. Well, I'm going to say this because I look like him, but just as Indiana Jones said, I've heard this bedtime story before. Uh, he play, you know, like I've watched Jabari, I'm a Pistons fan, but he does look good and he's young and this team, like, I don't even know if they give a shit about defense. So like maybe his fit on offense is actually great because if the team doesn't care about defense, then Jabari's at home. Um, right. He's going to thrive. I mean, why, why would yeah. you care about defense? Why not just be like, screw it. We're just going to take the uh, rockets method. We're just going to outscore our opponent because Trey young can drain threes for days. And we've got a bunch of offensive pieces that he can dish in. We can, we can run with any team. Uh, I will say as someone who's watched a bunch of basketball college and pros, when teams are focused Humble on brag. offense, uh, yeah, I know. Totally. <laughs> uh, I'm a doctor. I don't know if you know that, but I do feel like when uh, teams are so focused on offense that they uh, just don't really pay attention on defense, it does sort of lead to mistakes when sure. games, you know, like technical fouls or just mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. making stupid decisions because all of a sudden you haven't been playing defense and you need to. And this is like late season and playoff stuff. Like it doesn't really apply to fantasy mm-hmm. but uh 
you know, you've seen it with the Houston Rockets, like when their offense doesn't work and all of a sudden they realize, oh shit, our best player can't play defense. It really hurts you in a seven game series. Right. Well, they also, Um, they're a team that is just built to either get to the foul line or hit threes. And if those don't happen, they don't, they don't shoot the long two. Yeah. Which I mean, 27 attempted threes and they couldn't do it. Let's emphasize our namesake here. Yeah, I mean, and they don't have Carmelo Anthony to push around anymore, do they? (laughs) No, they sure don't. God damn, and he hasn't been signed by anyone. I really want him to play basketball this year. Whatever. I'm sure he um, will. There's there, there's no way that he he's going to sign on at the I don't know Houston could do back it. half or oh my not God. Houston uh, Atlanta. Sorry, I didn't Ooh, mean to say Houston. Saucy. <laughs> I like that. Yo, if you don't care about defense, Carmelo's at home Carmelo's too. Your what guy. a great house party this is turning into. No one's playing defense. I am <laughs> here for this. If Carmelo signs with the with the Hawks, I'm I'm dropping Jabari Parker and adding Carmelo right away. Oh sure. Um, but I actually, having said that, someone who does need to play defense better is Cam Reddish because his shot is not falling, and if you're not going to try on defense, then you're going to start losing minutes pretty readily. Uh, the problem with the Hawks is that everybody's young and they have expectations, which is the opposite of the Warriors, which we were just talking about. Everybody's young and they don't care. Uh, they're not going anywhere. But like the Hawks would love to make the playoffs. The Hawks would love to be able to announce, yeah, our plan worked. We were I mean, right. I think, I think the Warriors had expectations, but they've been hit with so many injuries that the, that those oh, expectations yeah, yeah, yeah. are falling to the floor. Yeah. And I wonder if you can't – I wonder if the Hawks can't justify – I mean, and I'm not saying this from a player perspective. Like, the players are mm-hmm. going to want to be in the playoffs, right? That's You're not going to not strive for that. But I wonder if this, ju- this suspension kind of sets that timetable back and if that ultimately will help them. Uh. I would caution against that just because you have a young, cheap team and you could make sure, moves. Sure. Um, and I, you know, like the player did this on your time, you know, like you're, you're not to blame, but like you are in charge. So uh, the team gets penalized by missing John Collins. They're not fined. I don't think, uh, but you know, this is, their roster construction is a little suspect now because it's like, okay, we, we don't really have a defensive backup for John Collins. That's kind of a problem. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a poor construction. Cause you're not relying on Alex Len to give you anything on the defensive. End. Right. But it's also understandable because you have two rookies and uh, the team is young anyway, you know, it, you're just sort of in a weird position. Um maybe the expectations were a year ahead of where they should have been. Uh, But, you know, if Trey young is just going to be this good, then maybe none of the rest of it matters, you know, like maybe they'll just be a seventh or eighth seed because it's the East. And because Trey young is absolutely fucking amazing. Like, I don't have the games on right now. Is he playing tonight? Uh, let's see. I haven't looked at, I just saw that the Cavs, the Celtics beat the Cavs by like three. Oh, what a win. Good job, um, buddy. No, what's exciting is, <laughs> what's exciting is the fact that Gordon Hayward went for 39, eight and seven. Really? Gordon Hayward is Against back. Against an actual NBA team. Gordon oh, Hayward that's adorable. is back, uh, motherfuckers. Get yes. hyped. 
get he beat hyped. a mid-Ohio team. Good hey job. Hey, man. Hey, man. You know how long North Celtics Ohio. fans have been waiting to see Utah Gordon Hayward show up in Boston? Oh, give me a Finally break, got dude. it. It's coming. I'm Yeah, poor Boston. Let's Jesus. talk about Let's talk about your broken-ass <laughs> team right now. How dare you? <laughs> talk to me about talk to me about Blake and Reggie and Reggie Jackson, who are both still missing time, haven't played mm-hmm. that much this season. And the Pistons, they've had a pretty solid rotation in replace of them. Obviously, we know that you personally, you're a big fan of Luke Kennard's breakout year. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk to me about this team and kind of players who maybe are guys you can add in fantasy or guys you can keep eyes on because of the fact that the role that they might be stepping into with these guys missing time. So Derek Rose, who has gotten MVP chance this year so far is also out. Uh, the Pistons rotation is not in flux though, because Bruce Brown, who is supposed to be a shooting guard has been starting a point guard and has been incredible. By the way, he's 0.8% owned. He's 73rd on the player rater over the last week, which is when he's been starting. He has seven assists, two games in a row. Uh, 22 points and 14 points are the are what he scored over those two games. He also has two steals in those uh, two games. He's a guy whose defense was known. He's a good perimeter defender. And now that he's starting a point guard, if he can keep the turnovers down, he looks like a keeper. Like, he's been really, really good. Interesting. Saucy. Which is yeah. sad because Derek Rose has been looking really, really good. I mean, whatever. I just... He, how, he'll how always are you be a, a bull to me. How are you care. a Pistons fan and you are not no, excited the fact that Derek Rose no. is putting up 25 for you guys? Get... Okay. First of all, if you're a real Pistons fan, you kind of don't <laughs> like this. Like, almost anything's better than our Jacks being sort of injured. Uh, but, uh, I mean, God bless, but he's a bull. I'm really, really sorry. I don't care. D-Rose salty, is one of salty, the- salty. I, I don't give a shit. He's fuck Chicago. <laughs> fuck those bulls. God damn. Yo, I, mean, I still happy. remember that seven game series against you guys in the playoffs that like every game was overtime and it's still sort of one of the best playoff series that was I've a great, ever seen. That was a great and I think game. it was like the first or second round. Like it wasn't even yeah. the conference finals. Yeah. Um, I, I have to say, I know I don't have maybe the checkered history. I am very happy to see Derek Rose like, I mean, now he's injured, of course, because it's Derrick Rose. Yeah. But I always like seeing Derrick Rose play basketball. And, oh, sure. And have explosiveness still in his, in his yeah. knees. It's always it's he, always encouraging. He's a dude that moves like nobody else in the NBA. It is just, freakish. Yeah. Like the only other dude I think that gets to the bucket in sort of a similar way is De'Aaron Fox. And mm, interesting. there's just some sort of preternatural path that they can see to the basket and getting the ball over outstretch hands like it's really kind of fucking strange to see because they'll make layups that you just don't think that right. they can make right, right, right. Out, oh my god there were so many out. there were so many that d rose would do where he would knife through the yeah. defense and then get this like high arcing layout layup that would just like kiss the top of the glass and drop mm. in right over you know any big man's hand it is fun to see um 
And there is a part of me that wants to watch D Rose and Blake play together, which feels like a perverted part of me. Cause like, that's fucking crazy. Like if you had told me that four years ago, I would have laughed in your face. Um, But while D Rose is out or even when he's back in Luke Kennard is really the player to pick up. He is under 25% owned. He's averaging 17, two and three. He has the seventh best three-point percentage of players who are averaging six-plus three-point attempts per game. He's at, he has a 46 three-point percentage. He looks fucking great. He is looking like exactly the player the Pistons wanted when they drafted him. He's bulked up a little bit. His defense is better. He's starting, and it's just, oh, my God. The last time we really hit on a pick was drop. I mean, this just fucking feels great. Dookie Lukey and fuck Duke forever. Go blue. Uh, <laughs> he looks amazing, and he should be owned way, way, way more. He is the guy to pick up on Detroit. Christian yep. Wood has looked good as well. Yeah, actually, we had a listener uh, – at Ande the engineer who asked asked us if uh, would you drop Derek Rose for Luke Kennard and I had said I would I said I responded to him saying maybe hold on D Rose and watch because I'm always of the mindset that if someone's under 20 or what what is Kennard at right now 35 24.6 if you're like under 30 percent ownership I feel like you have a little bit of leeway to kind of see how things continue to play out. Uh, but clearly you would probably give that a ringing endorsement. Again, though, I'm totally biased. Like, fuck Derek Rose forever. <laughs> fuck the Bulls. Fuck everybody but the Pistons. Obviously, you keep Luke Kennard. But... Give me, give me, really... give me Dr. Natty's perspective. Okay, here's the thing. Uh, point guard isn't spectacular right now. And until... Like, Kennard might get point guard eligibility later this season. But... If you need a point guard, then D Rose has been spectacular. And yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter if he starts or comes off the bench. He's looked great. Uh, so if you need a fucking one, then yeah, take the dude who's a one. But if all you need is a guard, I would pro and if you're in a dynasty league, I would absolutely choose Kennard over. Yeah. Rose. I mean, if, if, if you're it, in a if redraft league, league yes. then I might edge towards rose just because our jacks who knows when he's going to be back um and even if he does come back if derrick rose is playing well he might not be the our jacks might not be the starter yeah no you're you're entirely right if it's a if it's a you know a a dynasty league then then clearly canard is to play um all right let's 23 years old right all right before we go on to some more injury news to tackle let's take a quick ad break Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. 
With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's touch on, let's touch on one other big thing that we, we probably should have talked about them in last week's Big Surprises uh, podcast. But damn, the, uh, the Knicks have been bad to start the year, uh, which I guess it shouldn't be a surprise given their history. But, you know, you are, they were a team that last year ab- exceeded expectations and everyone thought that they could, you know, flirt with the playoffs again this year. But things have obviously not been great for them. And a lot of that probably is tied to Marvin Bagley Jr. being injured. Um, I'm not complaining because it's put a lot of, on on Darren Fox's plate, who's on my team. So I like his increase in touches and minutes. Mm-hmm. But... But uh, yeah. I would, I mean, I would enjoy obviously a fully rostered and uh, fully healthy, fully healthy uh, Kings team. The guy who, though, this has been helping is Bogdan Bogdanovich, who I think he's 13% rostered, but he's fourth in field goal attempts on that team, and he's shooting well below his career averages. He's yeah. shooting 31% right now from the floor when he shot. 43% in his career. So I think he's a huge candidate for positive regression as long as he's getting that increase in minutes and the, that increase in, in field goal attempts that I think eventually that shooting is going to match what he's, what he's shot in his career, which means his points is going to come up and he's going to start getting you better production. And then, so I think he's definitely some guy, a guy who is one to keep eyes on and to think about rostering if you're, if you're needing in that position, given the Bagley injury. Dude, he's he's fifth in shot attempts on Sacramento. You know, yeah. And like, if you take Bagley's one game out, he's fourth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, he's one of the only guys on that team that's actually. I mean, he's not shooting well right now, but uh, you know that he can. Um, right, everybody right, right. is sort of having a problem on that team, except for Nemanja Gialitsa, who <laughs> is looking fucking fantastic, and. His last four games, okay, so Bagley being out sucks, obviously. Uh, He and Fox looked like a great tandem, and everybody had high hopes for this team. They've had a rough start, but that's mainly because I think the guards aren't shooting well, and they'll positively regress. Um, Maybe Fox has too big of a load right now. Also, they have a new coach. And for a young team, changing coaches is rough. Uh, but there are dudes on this team that are, are producing. Uh, Bielitsa, the power forward, is 10-plus points per game, one steal per game, four-plus rebounds, and two-and-a-half three-pointers made over the last four games. He's 67th on the player rater over the last seven days. Rashawn Holmes, who's starting at center is averaging 11 and six with a block per game. Like these are guys who are getting minutes and they're delivering. I don't know if you need to keep them on your roster. I have belly Jalitza. I'm sorry. Uh, Nemanja. I'm just going to call him by his first name. <laughs> I have him <laughs> on my roster. He's a dude that is producing. And in the early season, when you have a bunch of injuries, that's all you care about. Who are dudes that are getting minutes and getting shots and are sinking them. And you can let the latter half of the season take care of itself. Like Bielitsa right now is 23.9% owned. I mean, he's giving you two and a half, three pointers per game. Not a lot of dudes are actually doing that. 
<laughs> unfortunately. Uh, Harrison Barnes is being poor, boring Harrison Barnes. He has SF and PF. One of the things about the Kings is that they're going to have to try to maneuver their rotations to make up for their uh, lack of shooting. Like, if everybody's cold, then you're just going to have to change Right, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think that means more Rashawn Holmes and more Nemanja, because those are the dudes who are actually delivering right now. How, what's the over-under in games before uh, Luke Walton gets fired? I don't think you can fire Luke Walton before the All-Star game, only because even though they're, the, the Kings are not running as much as they did last year, but, you know, I wonder if that is just because this everything's sort of new and if the guards were shooting better, everything would be different. You know, it, it, it's the, what, second week of the NBA? Like, if it's one time of the for overreactions, Natty. We've know, seen two full weeks of basketball now. It's time for change to be instilled. Like, De'Aaron Fox is, what, 21 years old? And all of a sudden, it's you're going into a new season, and it's like everyone's telling you that you have to make the playoffs, even though you're in the fucking West. Yeah, that's, um, that's a bit of a, uh, a ridiculous expectation to have been thrown upon them. Yeah, but everybody but they likes look good you. last so this year. Is sort they were of frisky the, last yeah, year. Uh, Everyone yo, loves that frisky the, team. Don't get rid of Dave Yorger. Yeah, well, but, that, that made I no mean, sense. That was just a dumb move. But having said that, if you fire Luke Walton this year, then that's saying that the front office fucked up. And so I think sure, you have to sure. fire Vladi Divac, too. And we Would make fun the of the Kings a lot. Yeah, but again, like, what if at the All-Star break they're, you know, 500 or a little bit above? Like, I think that's what yeah. we wanted them to be. So I, what's important is for Fox and Buddy Heald start sinking their shots. They're both shooting under their career, as far as it goes, percentages. Um, as soon as those start going in, I think the whole team will improve. Yeah. No, and that's and that's likely will even out. So, but they have to run more, man. Jesus, they really, fucking and but Christ. the thing is, I think that's also going to help their. That's going to help all your shooting percentage because then you're yeah. not you're not working with a set defense if you're if you're on the run and if you're making moves, especially with De'Aaron Fox, who can just like again, like you were so saying, cool. he's so good, he's so quick, and he can get to the hoop in just any number of ways that if you get some pace to this offense his numbers are going to produce and then the defense is going to crash in on him it's going to open up a bunch of shots for buddy healed i think you're right yeah. i think the biggest thing here is, is that the kings need a little more pace and if they do get that pace now we're suddenly talking about a bunch of names here that are going to return to good slash even stud fantasy value so if you if you are a king's owner i wouldn't necessarily panic because you're hoping that a guy like Luke Walton, who who is not bad. Like, he's had success as a coach. He, yeah. You know, we know that he can do it. He did it in Golden State when Kerr wasn't there. And then, you know, it's almost impossible to coach a LeBron team, but he put his best foot forward. Uh, and so I think that you give it the benefit of the doubt and, and kind of see how this offense can look and how this offense can mature throughout the year. Dude, if they don't start running more, if they're bottom five in pace like next month, then yes, fire Luke Walton because that is a crime against humanity. De'Aaron <laughs> Fox is greased lightning. He is so fucking cool going fast. It like you you just can't muzzle this team. You have to no. let them be fast. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, Jesus fucking Christ. But hopefully that's not what's going to happen. Hopefully this is just sort of like a weird start to a year where you have expectations when you didn't have them earlier and people are injured and people are out and you know, it's, uh, it's not that weird to have a young team stumble out of the gate, you know? No, yeah, that, no, that, that happens. That happens. And that's pro- and that's likely what's, what is happening right now. Um, but they look slow as a fuck. They do yeah, look slow God. as fuck. Like let's, let's pick up that pace. There. They're a water Buffalo. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> um, awesome. Let's talk some studs and duds. Uh, and sure. So we're going to look ahead for to the rest of the week. Uh, one guy who we're sure is big is in for a big conclusion to the week. Obviously, we come out. We're come recording Tuesday, but we come out Wednesday. So, you know, you've got a solid ha- more than half of the week ahead of you. Um, and then guys who one guy who we think is going to flop for the rest of the week. And obviously, we are going to keep track of these things and see who's better at predicting this kind of stuff. Because oh, what else? Nice. What's the point of doing analytics? This that? That's the whole reason we Advanced do this. Advanced data. I mean, we like got to get propulsion laboratory. We got to get nice. into the into the uh, into the what are the time period that we're in? Is that not that what am I trying to say? No, know. that sounded very erudite. Thank well you, done. Thank you. Well, <laughs> I, I really put my best foot forward. Uh, Natty, why don't you start us off this brand new segment? Introduce us to it by giving us your stud for the rest of the week. Okay, so I used the handy forecaster that our illustrious leader Pete put out this week. Yes. Your ears are burning. And thank you very much. Those have been useful. This is a good way to see who's going to get minutes and shots in terms of like total Mm -hmm. counting stats per week. Um, so God, I really don't want to be a Homer. So I have two, (laughs) uh, and it's not really even being a Homer. Okay. Carl Anthony Towns is going to have a great next three games. His next three games are at Memphis, 17th defensive rating, Golden State, 30th defensive rating, and Denver, 14th, where he goes up against Joker. He is the only player in the NBA, big cat, Carl Anthony Towns, who's averaging four plus three-pointers made this season. He is second in three-point percentage it's of absurd. players who average six plus three-pointers a game. He is so fucking good, and Joel Embiid is scared, and that's why he started that fight. Cat's going to have a great week. Um, I My homer pick is R.J. Barrett for the Knicks. Even though I'm not a Knicks fan, go Pistons. I live in New York. Uh, the reason I'm going to say this is because his next three games – are against the Pistons, 25th defensive rating, the Mavericks, 20th defensive rating, and the Cavs, 23rd. Like, that's a that's, pretty nice next three games. And, and he's all, like, RJ's averaging 18, 6, and 3. Only 14 other players are doing that. So, you know, he's definitely going to get his volume this week. And, and I love the uh, the Knicks matchup so much that one of that my stud is also a Nick. Julius Randle nice. 
had a oh, rough yeah. week last week against the Celtics and Kings. But like you said, Pistons, Mavericks, Cavaliers, Pistons and Mavericks are both top six in points allowed to opposing power forwards. And the Mavs shut up. Yeah. <laughs> get hyped. And the Cavs are tough on scoring and boards, but they've given up the third most assists to the position, which is something that Randall has been doing more and more for the Knicks. Yeah. Averaging a career high in assists. Love it. Um, and so I think that he's, yeah, I guess we're buying the Knicks this rest of the week. Um, so those are two guys. Yeah. RJ Barrett and Julius Randall, they're great matchups and they're both talented enough and are going to be, they're the focal points of the Nick of the Knicks to the point where they're going to be able to take full advantage of these, uh, matchups. And yo, uh, speaking of the Cavs, Kevin Love is averaging 19 plus points per game, Kevin 15 Love. plus rebounds, four plus assists and a steal per game with 2.8 three pointers made. His remember next three we games were, are Boston, D.C. and the Knicks. Remember when we were he talking about good, yeah. were we talking about how Kevin Love should be on everyone's fantasy team in the yeah. season? Yeah. Good. Thing yeah. Y'all listen to us. He's. Uh, looking good and yeah. you like that team there's like three players i do I like, like that, that team. team too i kind of like that team they they yeah. are a bad I like team, their but front they, court they make shit happen though Dude, i did Tristan drop larry thompson nance larry nance well uh, i mean that's fine because it's crowded like right, they have right, a crowded front right. court but, but tristan but thompson like has been getting you double doubles with regularity with ease yeah I'm here yeah. for it i'm here for it uh can i I'm, say something oh just, of course just a boston thing real quick it's kind of weird that you guys almost can't trade for Kevin Love. Like, no one Ooh. out there thinks that you guys will end up with him. And if you did, he'd have to be your center. And I don't know if that could work in the playoffs. But it's like you guys have your three wings and your two guards. And, like, that's just sort of your team right now. Right, right, right. And then we just run but through. But everybody else, like, every Portland Lord. with their injured front court, like, that's another team that we should have talked about. Zach Collins, their oh, power yeah. forward, they're injured. Like, they could use Kevin Love so fucking hard. I don't know how you would make that trade work. But, but that's a trade that, I mean, everyone's been, that's a trade that needs to happen. Let's sure. get Kevin Love to Portland. Yeah. Please and thank you. One player who I am not high on for the rest of the week, and it crushes me to say this because he is a podcast favorite and the number one party animal. The dud for the rest of the week is Nikola Jokic. The Joker is just, he's not off to a hot start this season. He's below last year's numbers in every major category and shooting 48 from the floor and 28 from three. And like we just talked about in terms of Joel Embiid, he gets to face the Sixers and the Timberwolves. We know Embiid fucking hates any center who's not him. So he's going to go hard in the paint. And the Timberwolves have been terrific against centers to start this season, allowing the fewest points, third fewest rebounds, and the seventh lowest field goal percentage. I just don't see Jokic getting any kind of real gusto or mustering much for the rest of this week, which you know, is kind of what's been holding the Nuggets back. The Nuggets haven't looked great. They haven't been kind of coming out of the gate as a Western Conference, like, champion that a lot of people thought they could be. He doesn't look great, and neither does the team. Like, what's yeah. going on with this team? I don't know, man. I don't know. This is what happens when you spend the whole offseason drinking beers and smoking blunts, which okay, is what well, we're thinking that he did. We have no proof right. of this. This Obvious, is the theory we're yeah. running under. He's either that or he's a straight edge vegan. But we did talk about like there might be too many mouths to feed on this yeah, team. Yeah. And I 
kind of like I can't think of anything else really. Like they're the whole team doesn't look great. Yeah, I know? also, but I do think I think a lot of it comes back to Jokic. I just think that he is the thing that facilitates this team, that makes this team operate, this team move, and he has not yeah. looked in shape he has not looked ready to go he's not looked engaged to start the year and that i'm sure every other all of his teammates i'm sure feel that and that has to have some sort of effect on them i agree though i mean it's not all on him like the you know the team hasn't been starting the season well or, or shooting well but i think it you know this is the the burden of being a superstar is you know if you start yeah. like we see it the exact opposite with the t-wolves where cats coming out on fucking fire and so are the timberwolves you know everyone suddenly stepping their game up because they're like oh shit cat is playing out of his mind we need to match that and it seems like Jokic is starting the season very lethargic and so the whole team is kind of emulating that and this wouldn't be the first time we've seen a center come into a season a little out no of, of course <laughs> i mean you're you're what like a seven foot 280 pound guy like it's got to be hard to maintain that body Dude, I mean, Shaq infamously said, you know, you pay me during the season. And so he would work himself into shape during the season. Uh, I will say this, in big men's defense, it's really, really hard to maintain health when you're putting that much stress on your knees and Mm -hmm. your feet. And so people give Embiid a bunch of shit. They're like, well, why aren't you in shape? And it's like, he can't run if his fucking feet hurt, you know, like you're, there's only so much exercise you can do to stay trim when you can't ambulate, you know, servitor ambulando, just like I said earlier, like if you can't walk around, if you can't run, there's only so much you can do. So feet are incredibly important for big men. When they start to go, everything else follows. And Jokic, I mean, it doesn't look like he's hurt. It just sort of looks like he's fat and slow. Uh, I wonder if maybe it's more, like, mental, like everyone was like, oh, Denver should be the number one seed, especially because Golden State is injured, uh, because they looked so good right. last year. Yeah. Well, I mean, so yeah, maybe people this were just, just shooting the weight into it. of expectations, you know? They're still a young team. Like, this might just be, like, a little – it might be heavy to – use an 80s term (laughs) (laughs) uh who's your dud for the rest of the week okay so i'm picking a guy who has done really well this season so far who's been averaging 19 5 and 3 with 2.7 three pointers made per game that man's name is chris middleton on the milwaukee bucks the reason i'm saying he's going to be a dud this week is because the next three games for him are against the clippers who are 16th in defensive rating, or 10th, sorry, the Jazz, who are second, and Oklahoma City, who are third. Uh, Giannis is going to get what Giannis gets. The Milwaukee Bucks are Giannis's team, and they revolve around him. But I think that teams are going to start saying to themselves, let's let Giannis do what he does and make sure nobody else can do what they do. I think Chris Middleton is going to get a bunch of defense from these great defensive teams over the next week. And I just don't think that he's going to be as good. I mean, those are incredible fucking teams he's going up against. 
Yeah, Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton, I swear to God, becomes an absolute sharpshooter from downtown anytime he plays the Celtics. I just have nightmares yeah, about he how you. he can just hit every goddamn shot. That's I don't in really his face. get it either. I, it's it's mind blowing to me because it doesn't seem like he does this to any other team. It's just somehow the Celtics really get him riled up. But you're right. Dude, that's some a, teams just have a team like Baltimore right. has New England's. Number oh yeah, every yeah, yeah. In football, years. yeah, it's that, weird. That, yeah, that's always there. But you're right. That's a that is a tough. Uh, matchup to go against Clippers, Jazz, Thunder to conclude the week. And and obviously Giannis is always going to get Giannis things. But I think that the Bucks, much like how any team thrives, you know, lives and dies with their superstar, Giannis is going to get his, but it's going to be a tough way to get his. And I think that yeah. that's also going to make all of the other opportunities on the court for everyone else on, you know, around him also very tough and very difficult. Like it's not going to be easy going for Giannis. And because of that, it's not going to be easy going for the Bucks. Yeah. And I, their second game against jazz, like we've talked about the, these two teams before how they play each other. And Brooke Lopez tends to pull Rudy Gobert out of the paint when they play. And that opens up the jazz's defense and allows Giannis more space. So if Brooke Lopez can sink his shots against the Jazz, then Giannis might have a really good game. If he can't, then Rudy Gobert is defensive player of the year. You know, he's right. like one of the only players in the NBA who can legit guard Giannis. Uh, well, maybe not legit, but he can put up a good try. He can do <laughs> he can do the wall, and he's big enough that it's very difficult for Giannis to attack the paint as easily as he does yeah. with other teams. And, it, and yeah. that's why Giannis has got to build that three-point shot because then you can Absolutely. draw everyone out along that perimeter and get right. them out of the way. Dante DiVincenzo can't do it all by himself. You know, <laughs> like the Bucks need more shooting from Giannis. Uh, I would like to say I have a middle guy, a question mark. Ooh, guy. saucy. Okay. I know, I like right? this. I like this. Maybe for next week we'll do, uh, what, do we, what would we describe? Studs? duds and buds like, like to myself blossoming. i was like you can't call them stds because that's <laughs> just yeah <laughs> but like, for obvious like, reasons like a like a budding flower because this person could oh sure could yeah develop. water yeah okay all right, right give, on. give me your bud then i like this okay so this guy is my bud because his next three games are against the hawks the Rockets and the Knicks. None of those teams are good at defense, as we've said multiple times. <laughs> uh, this guy is Laurie Markinen. The finisher is the power forward for the Bulls. The Bulls are underwhelming and disappointing so far this year. Laurie Markinen, for his career, such as it is, is a 43 field goal percentage and 38.7, or, and sorry, uh, 36 from three-point percentage this year he's 38.7 from the floor so five points worse and 25 from three which is 11 point or yeah 11 points worse like he's not sinking shots we sort of talked about this before the preseason maybe he's not going to be as big of a scorer as we all hoped he was he looks bad the whole bulls look bad I don't the get bulls, it. The Bulls are taking it to LA right now, but yeah, they have not looked good this year. Are they really? Wait, yeah. what's the score? The score is, let me just, I saw a, a ping from the, no oh, way. come on, scroll, scroll, scroll. It is 96-93 with eight minutes left, uh, Lakers wow. up. Okay. 
Well, I, I mean, the Lakers just the Lakers are going to win amazing. it. I think it looks like Lakers. it looks like without knowing this, it looks like the Bulls had a 15 point lead and they have let it disappear. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, my God. Coach Jim Boylan isn't this super genius that everybody said he was before the season. Maybe he's just a dude that yells. Uh, I know literally I'm like, scrolling through Twitter right now and there is a tweet that just popped up. Jim Bolin is a fucking dumbass. So I think your point stands. <laughs> <laughs> Having said that someone is tweeting that every minute of the day about somebody. <laughs> so whatever um, the, the bulls don't look good right now. And I wonder if it's just sort of shaking off rust, you know, it's, it's still really early in the season. Uh, but man, if Lori can't sink shots, then that team is sunk because he should be able to his, and he's the, he's like basically their, you know, best shooter. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying, man. Like his next three games are against shitty defenses. If he can't do well during those three games, then he's either injured or the bulls are trash. I like so it. That's I like why introducing he's my question the Bud segment. I like it. Yeah, let's go. You know, like because hopefully I, he's great. Because when he's on point, he's cool. Like he just right, looks yeah. like you know Dirk North. And even though I Dirk hate the Bulls, I, I do like kind of want that team to do well because I do like their starting five. Yeah, it's saucy, man. It's us. Plus, plus, you want to have teams that you hate be good so that games that you play against them mean something. You know? No, you don't. No. Yes, you do. I, no, yes, no, you no, do. No, no, no. Everybody yes, loses but the Pistons. No, no. no. I don't care yes, what it looks like. Okay, fine. <laughs> God damn it. Can I, I say you. one more thing? Of course. PJ Washington is oh. 35% owned. Need to He's fix skirt. that right the fuck now. Yeah, he's currently 72nd on the player Raider. Jason Tatum is 73rd. PJ Washington is good. Fuck yeah, the long two said so before anybody else. You damn right we did. Uh, and with that, we will sign off for the week. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast on iTunes, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Old Nine Yards. We are there. Follow us on Twitter at the Long Two Podcast. We'd love to interact with you. Let us know uh, who your studs and duds and buds are for the rest of this week. Nice. We will be back at you next week. Natty, uh, until then, have a good week. Have a great week, man. Don't get into any fights unless they're super cool. Unless I can be the peacemaker and choke someone out. Don't fight and beat. That's my <laughs> only Moral of the story. Advice. Yeah. <laughs>